0: Thank you for joining us today we welcome you to the broadcast it's going to be a great one we've got a special guest here with us today so tune in to find out who that is it's exciting always one of my favorites when we have them here in the studio but make sure that as you're hopping on that you comment say hello to us so that way we can say hello back to you we're just really excited and it's friday so welcome to your friday episode of lunch plus Holly says, hello, Serena says, happy Friday, Lisa says, good evening, Paul says, hello. (laughs) It's going to be a great day. Also, I just caught a glimpse of myself on our little monitor that we have, and I hope that you guys enjoy my early 2000s hairdo. I feel like an Olsen twin. So, hope you enjoyed that. We have some fun questions for y'all today that we are going to start with, and I just, yeah, I'm excited about it, but... I have Rachel and Wright like army crawling in front of the camera right now. Every so often, if my eye like just goes and stares at something, it's because something is happening in front of my peripheral vision. And that something was Rachel almost army crawling. (laughs) But as people are hopping on, we're going to start with our first question. But actually, Abby, if you'll go to the second slide, I want to save that first one till later when a couple more people hop on. So Natalie says, hello, hello, Natalie, hello, Humphreys. It's great to have you guys with us. Okay, question. Da da, da, da. If you ha- okay, this one I think is a great one. Paul, I thought of you when making this question. If you had to choose one animal to help you win a fight, which animal do you choose? If you had to choose one animal to help you win a fight, which animal would you choose? So I think for me, because why be able to have a simple answer? I think for me, it depends on where the battle is happening. Because if it's in the water, then I feel like a dolphin is a solid animal to choose because they can attack like the best of them. So I guess it depends on where are you battling somebody, on land or in the water. Um, Natalie says a bear. A bear is a solid choice. What kind of bear? Black bear? Brown bear? Polar bear? Panda bear? priscilla says hello and her dog is your dog that vicious i haven't seen like i don't think i've seen a picture of your dog dogs are a good choice but i feel like if anybody could choose an animal like i i also didn't stipulate whether it would be like an animal that exists now or if i could like bring it back from the dead like a woolly mammoth could be a really intimidating animal you couldn't reach up and grab it Uh, Johnny says an elephant. Really? (laughs) Kevin says, I would choose George Nauer. He's a beast. (laughs) That's a great answer. That's my favorite answer. I'm gonna screenshot that and like send it to George. Buddy said a silverback gorilla. That is a great choice because I'll tell you what, when I go to the zoo and I see gorillas, like I immediately feel intimidated and they are separated from me. So I, could, I think a silverback gorilla is a great answer. Holly says she would choose a unicorn. Really? That would be your animal of choice in a battle? with a unicorn fly? Paul says a tiger because they are stealthy and tactical. Priscilla says she loves elephants. I feel like elephants are gentle. Until they're not gentle. Like I, <laughs> I feel like they could be. Well, Pastor, uh, sorry, special guest that I haven't said yet (laughs) says that that's most animals. You're sitting right there. That's you, but then your cord is over there on the chairs. I'm helping direct traffic right now. Um, Yeah, will you show her where the cords are? Okay, I think for me, this this is an intimidating decision that I'm making right now. I feel like the gorilla is the answer I would choose as well, buddy. I think it is. Luke, Luke is here. I'm sorry, it's a very exciting Friday behind the camera right now and I'm, I'm very excited. Um, Holly says unicorns can fly and have a sharp object on their head. Mentioned that
1: they're Mythical, so I mean they pull out some powers.
0: Sure. <laughs> okay, I think my final answer is silverback gorilla. I think it is. As my special guest gets hooked up I want her to participate in these next two questions. Abby, if you'll save the first one for the very last one. I I hope that made sense. I I hope you can translate what I just said. If you'll go to the next question. Yay, you knew what I meant. I love you. Okay, if you could... (laughs) Murder Hornet. (laughs) If you could replace all the grass in the world with something else, what would you replace it with? If you could replace all the grass in the world with something else, what would you replace it with? Like, I feel like Luke, who is sitting here looking at me right now, I feel like Luke would pick cotton candy, and then he could just eat all the cotton candy grass. (laughs) What would you guys choose to replace grass? Um, Cotton could be fun, but (laughs) Serena said fuzzy blankets. Good
1: Good answer. That's
0: a good answer while you guys are deciding. Look who's here! I'm so excited that she's here! Look who it is! It's Pastor Nicole! I'm so excited you're here.
1: Oh look. I feel like singing. All by my
0: <laughs> George said he would replace all the grass with brownies. you walk on brownies? That's kind of weird. Paul says bubble wrap. That's interesting. I feel like that's a good decision. What would you recommend? Oh, that would be
1: fun. Bubble wrap.
0: It would be like perpetual crunchy leaves. I mean,
1: if you could have anything, then you could do fuzzy bubble wrap, like bubble wrap inside the fuzzy blanket, sort of like, you know, a cat has their little (laughs) cat toys. It's like material, but inside is, you know, the crunchy stuff. So I would probably mush Serena and Paul together and have bubble wrap. So it makes a Pop pop, 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 every time. But then what happens when you this want exactly to sneak went. somewhere? Like if I want to sneak and get somebody's Christmas presents out, then the pop, pop, pop. So sorry, That's Paul. exactly
0: where I went. Because I'm mm. like, what happens if you're in stealth mode? Like you're somebody in the Navy or the Marines or something, and you have to go be super stealthy, and then it's pop, pop, yeah. pop, 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 pop.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hmm.
0: <Done. laughs> Pastor says, isn't God smart?
1: I like the fuzzy blankets, but then dirt gets caught in it and then you have to vacuum it. Yeah. I say sand. Beach sand.
0: Oh no. Soft
1: beach sand. It's everywhere, so it wouldn't really matter.
0: Until it gets in your house. No. It's, and then it's, it's like glitter. Like mm. you'll never get it out.
1: No, we'll just have beach sand floors. Oh man. Hi yeah. Kevin.
0: Kevin says replace grass with guns. Lots, Lots of, guns. of guns. I don't want to walk on guns. I yeah. feel super uncomfortable.
1: We can have gun trees
0: eo that's a great decision. Rachel says memory foam. That would be exciting. That would be great. I'd enjoy that. You could nap everywhere.
1: But then, like, what happens it was... when it gets worn out? And it just
0: regenerates. It never gets worn out. It's always regenerating memory foam floors. Okay, I could do that. That would be amazing. For what happens when you fall out at the altar? Then you just fall out into like the comfiest floor ever that's a good one i, I think I'll, Eo I'll go fans. with
1: you
0: george says brownies would keep getting replaced every season every season whoa now you
1: need I need to have brownie brownies. trees like our like <laughs> our gun trees we need to have brownie trees
0: <laughs> johnny says bean bags holly i holly says or wet what happens if the memory foam gets wet it doesn't get wet it just it doesn't happen there it <laughs> has a protective covering that's super soft and eliminates wet things okay question number three I saved it for you. I'm very excited you're here for this one. I'm very excited. I saved it just for you. Oh, yay. (laughs) What's the cheesiest (laughs) pickup line you've ever heard? I am so excited you're here.
1: (laughs) I don't have cheesy pickup lines. Oh, did y'all know that yesterday was National Cheese Day? You should have done this one yesterday.
0: You weren't here yesterday. For National Cheese Day. (laughs) Y'all, if you have never encountered Pastor Nicole, Pastor Nicole has some of the best cheesy jokes ever. Some of the greatest ones. Paul says, going back real quick, we'll we'll stay on this one. Paul says, sand can hurt that way bubble wrap would be, or that's what bubble wrap would be for. Can you imagine the joy when people fall out on bubble wrap?
1: Yeah, but Paul, How is Jade gonna sneak to the kitchen and eat the kids' food with bubble wrap? That's true. Because then, when she goes in, or when you go in to get her candy, it's you're gonna be busted. It's gonna be like pop, 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 pop.
0: It would lead to automatic accountability.
1: Sorry, I just saw Kevin's message. It was also National Bind Up Your Bowels Day. Wow! Because it's National (laughs) Cheese Day, so cheese blocks you. No, I gotcha. (laughs) I just had never thought of it that way, and it was. We're talking about bubble wrap, and all of a sudden, I see bowels and buddy's diarrhea.
0: Buddy, that's a great one. Buddy says, My love for you is like diarrhea. I just can't hold it in. That is great. Fun fact while you guys are thinking of them, I secured my husband because while we were first dating, I gave him like, for He had to be gone for about a month and a half, and for every day he was gone, I wrote him a letter. And at the beginning of each letter, I gave him a very corny Christian pickup line at the beginning of each one. So eventually, like the walls of Jericho, I wore him down. That's what happened. You wore him down. <laughs> uh, see, George is using one right now. George says, my Bible is missing the book of Numbers. Can I have yours?
1: <laughs> look at kevin <laughs> have you ever thought of joining the army i fell for
0: it <laughs> i think my favorite one rachel come here for a sec. i i'm making it be on the broadcast just for a second it requires involvement okay my favorite one is hi my name is will god's will oh lord oh. <laughs> it's my favorite one always <laughs>
2: That's horrible.
0: But I think it wins the category. It's horrible. (laughs) What's your favorite cheesy pickup line then, sir?
2: I don't know. I'm not sure. (laughs) Hey, Pastor Ed Kivik, good to see you over on YouTube. Hey, just so, before we forget again, so next week we're on YouTube uh, on Brian Wright Channel, but next week we've been on the Boomerang YouTube. It won't be there. It'll be over on the Brian Wright Channel, so. Oh, for the lunch
0: plus so buddy i have some context like some understanding of buddy and serena's relationship we took them out to dinner the other night and buddy said he opened dialogue with serena with this did adam and eve have navels so after the first couple times where she didn't remember you that's how you ensured that she was gonna remember you that's awesome <laughs> and, now and now we're here now Obviously you're married it works see cheese works, She's works. George said, I did not wear him down. That was one of my favorite presents. Uh-huh. It had a lot of them in there, though.
3: Like, I remember. do you know why
0: Solomon had so many wives? He never met you. Oh. <laughs> uh. this, is, this is fun. Let's... Oh, that hurt.
3: Yeah.
0: There's so many. Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> Kiss me if I'm wrong, but dinosaurs still exist, right?
0: I don't have my phone, so I can't. I can't. I do have it, but I do not. I don't have it. <laughs> Pastor loves cheesy things, if you can tell. Like the fact that he's sitting here, he's just basking it in right now. Oh no, now. he
1: does. We just had twenty-one years of marriage.
0: <laughs>
1: so secretly, he's a cheese fan. <laughs> he said, "I'll take my wife to go extra cheese, please."
0: I enjoy these a lot.
2: Switch the camera.
0: (laughs) Okay, here's another good one. I have them ready. Like I have them on standby. The Bible says, give drink to those who are thirsty and feed the hungry. So how about dinner tonight? (laughs) (laughs) See, they're great. This is horrible. You put the stud in Bible study. (laughs)
2: Please change the topic.
0: <laughs> hey girl, you're a fisher of men and baby, you just reeled me in. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. I could never have done this if you weren't on the broadcast. <laughs> Marky
2: This is uncomfortable. I can make <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> <sighs>
0: I don't think my
1: mascara is waterproof, please stop.
0: <laughs> Excuse me, Marky, is your real name Grace? Because you're amazing. <laughs> she's just staring at me in the sound booth like she's done right now. <laughs> Marky and Pastor are so... <laughs> Kevin says, where did y'all go to get picked up? <laughs> See, this is why George is my soulmate because George says that the wink and the finger guns make it even better. <laughs> So thanks for joining the broadcast today before I get kicked off indefinitely. Thank you for being here. It's been such a good day so far. It's sure nice you share, knowing you make sure that you share the broadcast. It's gonna be a good one. We have both Pastor Brian and Pastor Nicole on with us today. So you know it's gonna be good because Pastor Nicole is is really
2: Pastor Nicole. Pastor
0: Nicole, thank you. <laughs> I started the sentence and didn't know how to finish it. So that was the best way possible. <laughs>
2: like, I know that the, there's nothing wrong with the cheesy jokes, yet they hurt me so deep. Like, why is this? It, it's almost like it doesn't go together, but.
1: There's a song
0: about that.
3: Love hurts.
0: Hmm. Your daughter's, this one, Rachel, your daughter's favorite joke that she tells all the time anytime cheesy jokes get brought up is, okay guys, you ready? This is a Rachel Ann joke. What did the green grape say to the purple uh. grape? You got it? Breen.
3: <laughs> and she's like doubled
0: over laughing right now. <laughs> so Rachel gets it honest. It comes from her mama. <laughs> good stuff. But while, it's girl. You, while you guys are hopping on... And you're sharing the broadcast really quickly before we transition into our topic today. Tomorrow, we've announced it the last couple days, but if you haven't heard yet, or if you're a person that likes reminders, tomorrow at 9.45 a.m. here in Albemarle at the Square, Pastor Brian has been asked to participate uh, um, in a time of prayer here in town. So if you are around, if you are available, even if you're not available, you can get available. It's going to be worth <laughs> it. So come tomorrow, 9.45 a.m. here in the square in downtown Albemarle. It's going to be great and powerful. Bring your faith, hope, and love. And Sunday, this Sunday, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in Jefferson, South Carolina, at Faith Family Church, Pastor Tracy, one of Pastor Brian's spiritual fathers, will be in Faith Family Church. He's going to be doing a set of meetings. It's going to be great. If you have any questions, send us a message, and I'll get you some info. But that is all the announcements that I have.
2: Hallelujah. Amen. Are you the Lord. Would you like
0: to provide a cheesy pickup line for you transfer in?
2: I don't know any.
0: <laughs> that look that you guys got on camera right there, that's Barrett. We're all done now. Like I, it, We ended it. Don't go back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Golly. That's rough. The
1: pastor's pickup line was Will you hold my quarters? And I said, <laughs> Sure. <laughs>
2: that's true. <laughs> What did you say again?
1: I don't remember. <laughs>
2: yep, it worked.
1: It did. I it tried worked. to get out of he it. He bought you. I didn't. I <laughs> she ch- she just. That was pretty cheap. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> you just held him. I didn't buy it. I didn't buy you. <laughs> That's true. He
0: rented you for some time. <laughs> <laughs> He's a quarterback.
1: Y'all seriously need a tissue. Y'all keep making me cry. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yep, it worked. Praise God. He came in, said, "Hold my quarters, darling." Mm-hmm. I feel like
2: you did didn't say, say that. I did not say darling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's how I heard it in my head, Conway Twitty. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I like hearing each of you tell the story of what happened because it's it's very country and then it's very like factual based. <laughs> Mine was factual based. I just told you how I heard it. (laughs) How it
2: got input
0: into you. There you go.
2: Man. I don't know how to transition from
0: that.
2: I'm not sure. Anyway, let's (laughs) jump right in. Glory to God. Thank you, Barrett.
1: (laughs)
0: See? Here's, here's it's your
2: fault. You knew what you were doing with I did. that she with did. That I did. It's
0: because she loves me. It's true.
2: People like it.
0: There are certain things that I cannot do if it is just you on the broadcast, <laughs> unless I do it before you get to the broadcast, and I know she's online. <laughs> so <laughs> I seized an opportunity. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Kevin, Pastor Brown, silver fox.
0: And hmm. handsome. <laughs> Okay, well, before the this gets mushy, I'm off.
2: See ya. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we welcome you to the broadcast today. Go ahead and share it. We're going to be talking again about the man who would be king now that we've ejected all the cheesiness. Thank God. <laughs> Your wife is on the <laughs> Hey, I guess we haven't ejected all the cheesiness if she's still here. I mean, you here. asked
1: me to be here.
2: I did ask you to be here. I didn't expect that question, though. <laughs> I was not ready. <laughs> so we uh, hope that you've been getting a lot out of the man who would be king, the person who would be a leader, a president, a CEO, a president of a, of a country or a company or a shift su- supervisor or manager or a minister, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor. Teacher, or anything that would be leading, just to somebody who's in the <laughs> kingdom of God. Kevin, says, hold my quarters. Hold my quarters.
1: It worked, Kevin.
2: <laughs> that, was, that was as far as my cheese went, right there. So <laughs> hold my quarters.
1: <laughs> it was enough.
2: Here, hold these. Actually, I didn't. I didn't say it like that. I said, "Will you hold these, please?"
1: I said, yes, well,
2: actually, I don't think you said anything. You just took them. I just
1: took them. <laughs> I stood boldly in my quarterly authority. See, look, I got biblical on your behind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if we're being honest, I mean, if we're talking factual. The fallout. I held the quarters because I came in and I saw the behind first.
2: That was uncalled for.
1: But it was handsome.
2: And <laughs> they're all uncomfortable.
1: This is fun. See, all the kids are in the room. This is what makes this fun.
2: <laughs> Kevin said I couldn't get a girl to hold my hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> See, Kevin, girls like
1: shiny things. Quarters are shiny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh, my. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, it doesn't have to start all right, but when you just start, God will take it. He'll He'll bless our hearts. Lord, y'all, God blesses my heart daily. And I can feel it. It's like, oof, bless our hearts. <laughs> I she, just got started. She's helping you. Oh, Selena thank you. She's helping
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is she sitting there? Because oh, my, she's got tissues. I
1: keep. My eyes keep watering, laughing at the jokes and laughing at you.
2: <laughs> George said, now it's uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, oh, it was uncomfortable before then, George. Man, live broadcasting, this is what you get. So anyway. Uh, God is good. Y'all can't you're, say that we just, aren't real. <laughs> Rachel said, agreed. Uh, if you're just now joining us, you haven't missed much. I'll just tell you. You, you, did. you should much.
1: go back and watch the beginning. It was a whole lot of fun.
2: Yeah. If you like cheesiness, it was fun. <laughs> Caleb Vinoy, good to see you. Hey, all right, so let's jump in. We're talking about the man who would be king. We are in 1 Samuel 26. 1 Samuel 26, we talked a lot yesterday about how Saul came under the anointing of David Even though Saul was still the king, David is carrying an anointing and Saul wasn't. And it went and they had clarity. He had clarity that he was doing the wrong thing. He repents. Everything looks like it's great. And two chapters later, he's hunting David again. And uh, we talked about yesterday being ready and available, being usable. In other words, are we at the position always, hey, Charlotte, good to see you. Uh, are we at the position where we are ready uh, for God to use us? Over in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20 through 22, uh, there's a verse that says, if you will flee uh, immoral things or flee ungodly things, uh, that you will be ready for every uh, yeah be ready for every good work in other words you will be available and ready for god to use you for every good work that means the big stuff the small stuff you're ready for it all how do you do that you flee uh, ungodliness you flee temptations of the flesh and uh, what you'll see is that what that really means is that you flee into god's things Many people are not fleeing into God's things. They're fleeing away from God's things. They're not giving him that time, and uh, they're not uh, moving towards him. Uh, look at those, 2 Timothy 2, uh, 20 through 22. Look at those specifically in the New Living Translation. It makes It really shows it very, very well. And uh, so when you see that, the question is, are we ready to be used by God? Have we studied to show ourselves approved? Have we given ourselves uh, to growth? Uh, just yesterday, it was funny because we were talking to Marky and uh, Marky was actually showing somebody all the pieces of how to run the video and how to stream and how to make the transitions. And I remember, you know, what, six months ago, uh, nine months ago, she was learning all that for herself and really did not have a good feel for it. And yet, now today, she's teaching other people. Why? She made herself available. She studied not just the Bible, but things to get the good news out there. And now she has a skill set that's able yeah. to be uh, utilized. She's learned how to edit videos. She's learned how to do this. Why, why is this important? Because in this world, this is one of the main ways that we're able to get the good news of Jesus Christ out there. And I was just applauding her and telling her how well she had done because she went from really not knowing and she was telling a story about like, Well, what does that do? What does that do? And now she knows what those things do. Uh, She knows what those buttons on the screen do, and she's done great at it. So it's one of those things where are we not just available, uh, just do we know everything about the Bible, but do we have the skill set to make those things happen? Uh, You think about, um, for example, John the Baptist out in the wilderness. Most people think, they only think about this, and this, this is very important. They only think about uh, do you have the ability to preach and discern the word? But John the Baptist, do you know, he lived out in the wilderness. What if he did not have the skill set to live out there mm-hmm. or the skill set of faith to believe God to live out yeah. there? But you're talking about both a, a mixture. Uh, or a blending together, a partnership between the supernatural and the natural. And so some people only want to think in supernatural terms. Some people only want to think in natural terms. But you find throughout the Bible that we need to be skilled in both because there's always a partnership. Even when uh, in Exodus where Joshua uh, won the battle and Moses and Aaron and Hur went up on the, uh, I think it's Exodus 17... Uh, or 18. I think it's 17. When he goes up on the hill uh, to win the battle, he lifts up the rod. They won a very supernatural battle, but they did it by sitting him on a rock and by physically lifting up his hands. They were skilled enough and strong enough to do that. So it was this blend of the natural and the supernatural. Remember that we are in the world but not of the world, but we are in this world. And so God will do supernatural things through a natural means, and he'll apply the two. Same thing with the loaves and fishes, the miracle of feeding uh, the 5,000 men, which probably meant 15,000 at least total uh, people, men, women, and children. And how did he do it? He took a very natural lunch, and he brought the supernatural into it, and it turned into that.
1: That's, so It's men, like the phrase, um, don't be so spiritually minded yeah. that, you're so, that you're no earthly good. You know, we've got to realize we're called to reach the world and pull them in. Well, they don't understand spiritual things. God's ways are not the world's ways. So yeah. you're going to be using worldly things with spiritual wisdom. Yes. There is the combination, you know, but you can't be so spiritually minded that you don't use the earthly things to reach into the world and minister to them and then pull them into yes. the spiritual things. It's, it's important to remember that. His ways are not the world's ways. So the world's not going to understand every spiritually minded thing.
2: Well, and, you know, you say spiritually minded, but no earthly good, uh, so what 're th- many people will equate that to is that they will only be uh, spir- you know spiritually minded they 're always thinking about heavenly stuff and things like that, and they mm-hmm. don't walk in the common sense but yeah that's what we 're getting at is a spiritually minded person understands yeah. the partnership between the two, and they 're not just thinking about the spiritual side only. They're thinking about how the spiritual side is applied in the physical side as well. So, for instance, today, this good news of Jesus Christ, this teaching about how to be a leader so that your life can go up, it's being brought to you through very much physical equipment, yeah. physical cameras, people that are adjusting. You know, just right now, you couldn't see it, but. Uh, the camera was being, one of the cameras is being adjusted. People are making moves in the audio and the video, things like that. So there's a very, you know, the anointing of God will flow through this broadcast today, but it came through a physical means. So God brought a supernatural blessing through physical equipment, and that's what we have to understand. So a lot of people I know many ministers, for example, many ministers. All they ever want to do is they just want to get up here and preach on the platform. But what they miss is that that is a very small.
1: That's the smallest piece piece of of time, and
2: it's the fun part. Uh, of pastoring, yeah. it's the fun part of ministry. Yeah. Uh, but that's a small part of it. Everything else that happens throughout the week, you know, people that you're talking to, that you're discipling throughout the week, all kinds of things that are going on. We have to understand that that's not all there is to it. And I remember as a young minister, I was told that, and I I heard it, I believed it, but it it's stronger than that. In other words, I was overlooking a lot of the work. Yeah. The work.
3: You I, know, I grew work up thinking that that
1: pastors only work on Wednesday night and Sunday morning.
3: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Ooh, the biggest lie I was ever told. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's people, people think that... Now, there probably are some ministers that don't do a lot. I'm, I feel certain that that's the... That's the case. But the question is, are they actually ministers is the issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you have a pastor that's actually doing the job of being a pastor, they're working all the time. And it's like Corona. You know, we were sitting there during the lockdown of coronavirus and everybody else talking about taking naps and being bored and doing doing all these projects and stuff like that. I'm like, where is that? Our our workload felt like it doubled during Mm -hmm. that period of time. Uh, here's here's what we're getting at. What, I'm, what I want you to understand is if all you're ever doing is thinking about the supernatural and not understanding how the supernatural partners with the physical, then you will miss the ministry that God has called you to. Yeah. You will not be prepared to do those things. You know, just yesterday I was helping, uh, Pastor Ed was here, He's over on uh, YouTube. Yesterday he was here, and we were going over all the things dealing with some video and helping him to answer some questions and, and having some pieces that we could hand to him in that way. Well, that's going to help his ministry and the church that he's a part of get the word out and get the good news of the gospel out. But had I not studied right. in those areas, I would not be able to help him. So now the study that I've done is able to be multiplied into other places. So we talked about how uh, David said, verse 6, so First Samuel 26, David said to Ahimelech the Hittite and to Abishai the son of Zer- Zeruiah, Joab's brother, saying... Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. Uh, Pastor Ed said, thanks again. You guys are awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. We love you, man. Uh, God's doing great stuff. And so, but Abishai says, I'll go down with you. You see, he was prepared. Do you understand that he was walking into an enemy camp? Do you think he would have said, I will go down with you if he was not ready to fight a battle? He had to be skilled, trained, have experience. You're walking into death if you don't know what you're doing, the potential of it. You better know what you're doing. Well, he was trained to do that. He was able to do that, or he was very faithful. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he was able to go and be an assist to David. And, but how many people are actually able to do that? And I shared yesterday, I love this story. I shared yesterday, I was thinking about it on Sunday morning. I called George or I communicated with George and I said, Hey George, when you come out to greet me way before the service, make, bring buddy with you. Why? Because I knew that buddy, because of his heart would be available. He would be available and he's made himself available and he's He studied to show himself approved. Does he have more to do, more to grow? Sure he does. I I do. All of us do. But he had made himself available where he can be used. He was ready for the good work of God. And I didn't have to question whether or not he was there. I knew he would be there on time. I knew he would be ready and available. And we need to see the supernatural side of being physically available and physically ready, skilled, you know when you see over in proverbs twenty four uh, you see uh wisdom, understanding, and knowledge mm-hmm. it understanding is the one from the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. but knowledge and wisdom are actually uh what you learn mostly through a physical means yeah. now God can help you get to that place, but it's understanding uh that's basically the spiritual side. Knowledge is something you can grab on your own. Wisdom is something you can go to school and learn how to put those pieces of knowledge together. But it's very physical, and a lot of people just don't want to do the work. Yeah, they don't want to.
1: You've got you've got to study to show yourself approved. You know, if you don't, it's like you know, it's anything with like if you don't put something in, you're not going to get something out. So what are you putting in? You know, what is your desire to get out? And it's you know, I was thinking about when you talked about run from youthful lust so that you can be available and ready, equipped for every good work. You know, we've got to understand you run from the youthful lust so that the good yeah. things can go in and you're ready for good work. But this, the opposite is true. If you're going to run from God, if you're going to run from the good things coming into your life, then you're going to have the negative pouring into you. So you've got to ask yourself, what am I pouring in? You know, and a lot of that is, you know, a lot of our um, equipment is just obedience. Yes. It's, But that comes from studying to show yourself approved by knowing the Word of God. You know, we knew... You know, when Pastor called Sunday and said, "George, go get Buddy," we knew Buddy would be here because we've we've gotten to know Buddy. We know his voice, we know his um, personality, we know his heart. Because while he's only been at Boomerang for a little time, God's had him before us. He's had yeah. had us studying him, so we've learned him, and we knew what we could pull on and get out of. We've got to take the time to get to know the Word yes. of God. So when God says do something, you know, like when when Abishai was led to go, either he was very equipped, he was very faithful, or he was very stupid. Well, <laughs> David wasn't a stupid king. Yeah. So you can go ahead and take away that third option. So either he was very physically equipped with his training, um or he was very faithful, yeah. which means he was spiritually equipped, yes, so we have to and we probably ha- both right, we have to decide who are we going to be and and that's what I was going to say i don 't know very many times where it's not a little bit of both yes. because we are spirit led people, but we are living in an earth suit, yeah. you know, so God will use. Both means to advance you. It's, I use all things together for good for those who love me. Yes, You know, he's going to use everything, but it all comes down to, what's your heart? Yeah. What are you willing to do? Are you willing to run from the youthful temptations and the youthful lust? Because the truth of the matter is, it's youthful. Yes. It's, you know, it's like, Luke's not in here, is he? You know. The things Luke wants to do right now, they're youthful, they're silly. You know, this morning, Buddy was at the house waiting for pastor, and Luke got a lightsaber. And right now, that's all that matters is his lightsaber, and he's got some moves. You know, well, he swung (laughs) his lightsaber, and he knocked Buddy's knee. Well, Buddy's hopping around on one leg. He swung his lightsaber and he got another one. Next thing I know, I turn around and Buddy's like on his knees on the floor because he doesn't have any legs anymore. You know, to somebody who didn't know what was going on, they just looked in, they didn't have the context. They're like, this man is silly. He's hopping around on one leg and then he's walking around on his knees and yet this is the man that, you know, Pastor Brian is you know pouring into and working alongside each and every day. It looked... Ignorant because it was youthful at some point we have to decide to walk out walk away from youthful things you know Luke's going to continue to grow, and while Star Wars George will always be awesome at some point you're not going to go hunting to provide for your family with a lightsaber we're going to teach the boy to shoot what yeah buddy, you know so you've got to. You've got to continue.
2: My dreams are dashed.
1: Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'll minister to you later. I always wanted to go hunting it's with okay. a lightsaber. That would be awesome. <laughs> that, would, that would really be awesome.
2: I don't, it would I, be awesome.
1: <laughs> I want to go hunting with a bazooka. You could like kill it and cook it off. Oh. Just like that. <laughs> Boom! Suppers on the table.
2: I don't think it's going to have the effect you think the bazooka's going to
1: It won't. But in my <laughs> head, it sounds really awesome. <laughs> but I have to turn from youthful lust of a bazooka hunting rifle, and I have to pick up my 243. You see how I turned that? That was skill.
2: You said bazooka. Hunting rifle.
1: Because in my head, that's what it is. A bazooka
2: is not a rifle. I
1: understand it's not a rifle. (laughs) But in my youthful lust, I have turned a bazooka into that's my point. Youthful stuff doesn't make sense. You just sit there and look pretty. I got this. But point being, you know, it's, it goes back to what you were saying. We have to turn from youthful things because it sounds stupid, like a bazooka hunting rifle. I'm going to find one way to make those, or a lightsaber knocking. A, a
2: bazooka. Never mind. <laughs> it's never going to be a rifle. It's going to be a rocket launcher, basically. <laughs> Always. That's what a bazooka is. I know. <laughs> You're gonna have a hunting bazooka, well, you but don't attach rifle on it. It's a different thing.
1: I'll put a rifle sling on it.
2: Okay, so then it'll be a bazooka sling.
1: No, a rifle sling <laughs> on a bazooka.
2: What were you saying?
1: I don't know. No. I'm gonna just sit over here and sip my tea.
2: Buddy says, kill it, fillet it, cook it, all in one shot. Brilliant and scientifically so. Thank
1: you, Buddy. I knew he was a man of God the moment he walked in this building.
2: <laughs> Kevin said, Pastor Brian, quit being a legalist. She's got this.
1: Kevin, she, just,
2: she just wants to blow stuff up. She just wants to blow stuff up.
1: Pastor she's, does have a point.
2: She's missing the whole point that she's got to go find the pieces of meat in the top of the tree that's cooked. It's a bazooka. There's nothing going to be left. You're going to have to go <gasps> hunt it down. It'll be in the ground. It'd no, be like manna from heaven. Don't.
1: Pieces of deer <laughs>
3: falling. Look,
1: <laughs> this is great. Best conversation of the day. Right. This is what happens when she People love me.
2: Barrett said this is what happens when she opens up with her joke. She wins the people over.
1: <laughs> they love me.
2: Unless they're members of PETA. Then,
1: well, if you're a member of PETA, come yeah, to Boomerang. We'll pray probably, for deliverance. They probably
2: don't watch. Uh, they <laughs> don't watch for long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and if they did, Pastor Nicole came on and they stopped today.
2: You, you, wanna, you want some information about this? Go into Genesis in chapter 3 and the fall. And look what God did for his people that he loved.
1: Yeah.
2: He killed an animal. Yep. Just to put clothes on their back. Yep. Now you know what God thinks about it. Okay.
1: That's all All I got to say about that.
2: And the question is, you know, who do you trust? I don't need my own resources. I need God's. God's got an opinion on it. His opinion is correct. Well, it's the youthful
1: people that think that, you know, it's kids that think that they're superheroes. They can do anything. They can do everything. You know, it's the youthful, ignorant teenagers that say, I don't need my parents because I know everything. Then you get to 20 and you're like, okay, maybe I didn't know everything. Then you get to 30 and you're like, okay, I didn't know much. Then you get to 40 and you're like, I didn't know squat diddly. Yeah. You know? But the older you get, the more you understand. I really, in my youthfulness, now you're to have the faith of a child. The faith of a child doesn't let anything stop you from believing the love of the father. Yeah. But the ignorance of the youthful think that you don't need anything and you don't need anybody. But, you know, the youthful lust will always lead you to stupidity, to ignorance, to failure. You know, a kid jumps off a a roof because they think they can do it all. They're going to end up in the hospital. But you end up, you run away from that youthful lust. You start to uh, obtain godly wisdom and there's nothing this world has to offer that you know, your youthful lust has to offer that God can't top. Everything that youthful lust wants to give you is just a fraction of what God has for you. The victory that we saw David and Abishai have was because they didn't, they didn't stupidly walk. You know, even when you know, Abishai's like, look, let me kill him. I'll take him out. He'll never know. But David operated in godly wisdom and continue to be advanced time and time yeah. again.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, there's. I, I remember my dad used to say something a lot actually, and I disagreed with him when I was young. I I did not like. I respected what he said, but I did <coughs> in my heart. I disagreed with him. He said, um, "Thank you, uh, Patrice." Uh, they they said, "God bless you both." Uh, I I. I disagreed with him when I was young, uh, and it said, he he said this. He said, you don't even really need to vote until you're at least thirty-five. Right. And when I heard that, I was like, that's crazy. I can go give my life for my country at eighteen, and but I don't need to vote. And um, and what I found out what he was saying was this. He was saying that what you think you know at age 18, at age 20, at 25, at 30, you don't know what you think you know. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to the same thing with the immaturity of teenage years as well and even spiritual uh, uh, teenagers in that way. Mm -hmm. What happened was the closer I got to 35, the more I was thinking oh man, he was right, he he was correct because, and and don't let that throw you off in that way, but hear it it for what it is. Um, Humility understands that I don't know everything I think I know. Uh, This world has taught certain things and we have to humble ourselves and say, Lord, help me to see the way that you see. Don't let me make assumptions based off of worldly logic but let me learn true knowledge and wisdom through the logic of a supernatural being that actually does know everything and sees all of it. Uh, so one of the things that happens is, uh, we're, I, you know, like I said, I disagreed with that. I even disagreed with that up to about uh, 30, but it's like so many things <laughs> with my parents and with most people's parents, you grow up and then you find out. Doggone, they were right. right. You know, they they saw some things because they had a bigger worldview, and um, so it's one of those things where you want to. I use that simply as an example, and you may disagree with me now, and I get that. I disagreed. I would have disagreed with me when I was younger, and and you have to understand, I was coming from a perspective of what I would call wisdom, mm-hmm. really believing and understanding why he thought that way. Yeah. But then the further I went, the more I saw what he was talking about. And I went, just because my worldview has has completely increased from that age mm-hmm. until now at 40. How old am I?
1: What year is it? You'll be, you're
2: 46 now. I'm 46 now. And uh, so anyway, I was... From that point until now, my worldview has continued to increase, and I see more now, like even what 's going on in the country right now i don 't there's things I see that 's obvious the majority of people on facebook don 't see there's things that are happening that this there's it's more than just a racial thing it 's more than than just antifa it's more there's more going on there's a there's lot of stuff Republican behind the scenes it's it's more than two yeah, two political yeah. parties, there's a lot more going on, and I'm able to see it now, but I couldn't have seen that 15 years ago. I, cou- I didn't see it, I couldn't have seen it, and but I see it now. And not only do I see it, but it's very clear to me, uh, more than it ever has been, and I believe it'll get even more clear. But so a lot of people are reacting to one variable or another variable, but there's a lot of variables in play. And so you have people that are like, well, why doesn't he do this? Why don't, why don't they do this? There's a lot more going on than, and so we need to have mercy and grace. And the biggest thing we need to have is we need to tap into God, who carries all the wisdom, who sees it all. In I, I, what I'm getting at is within myself, I recognize I don't have all the answers. I need God to help me, to show me, and a good leader is going to do this. A good leader is going to recognize I need help beyond myself. Yeah. And what I think I know, I probably don't know to the fullest of what I think I know. And the further you go in humility, the more that you will see that and the more that you humble yourself, the higher you'll be able to go. And it's very important for us to see that and understand those things.
1: Well, yeah, I was thinking... God it reminded me of this. I think it was when you were gone, Barrett and I think Buddy and Paul or something was talking about um, position, and and talking about David. Hey, and Pastor
2: Seth, good to see you.
1: Stuff like that, and uh, you know, Barrett was talking about when she want when she and her worldly knowledge just assumed her steps were leading her to being a youth pastor because it's what looked logical, and so it became what she started to covet because it's what logical steps look like. Right. You know, and what God told me when I was listening to that was so many people want the position rather than the anointing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you've got to, you know, and that's, you know, that's not just a position on a business card or, you know, in a ministry, but that's the position of being right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's like with what's going on with the world now. And yeah, I know we're not getting into that, but... To pretend like you have the answer. Oh, well, it's a race issue. No, it's a Democrat issue. It's a Republican issue. That's to, that's to say, I want the position of being right rather than the anointing which comes with answers to yeah. break the yoke and to break the bondage over this country. Truth of the matter is, it's not a Republican, a Democrat, or a race issue. It's a spiritual issue. Yeah, we because wrestle there is, flesh and yes, blood. Yes. There are spiritual principles right. operating, principalities operating for and against you. Bottom line is: Do you want the position of being whatever, or do you want the anointing that promotes you and get things done? Yes. And that's that's where we've got to run. From the youthful lust of well i want to look right i yeah. want to be right i want to be promoted to this title or that title bull don't give me a title don't tell me i'm right tell me that god has said well done tell me that i've got god back in me tell me that the anointing is flowing in me it's like what you said the other day I need the anointing flowing in me at all times yes. in all things. There's not a moment in your life. I don't care if you're taking a shower, you need the anointing that's right. because that's, that's right. when God is speaking to you Some, about what you're going to do yeah. that day. That's when the anointing is going to tell you, I know you go to work this day, you know, this way, but I want you to drive this path and that's what leads you clearly away from the destructive wreck that was put there to take your life so that you can't then, two weeks later, go and minister to this man and lead him to salvation, who then becomes the next Billy Graham. You need the anointing of God in your life at all times. But that comes from saying, I'm going to run from the youthful lust of thinking that I know it all. You don't know crap. I don't know crap. Even now, at pastoring for however long we've been pastoring, at being how old am I, forty-two? I, I don't do the math. Yeah, I Yeah, we don't know anything. We know more than we did five years ago.
2: But, but, and that's not. That's not. A bad statement it's saying it's saying that God is so big there's so much yes. to him we're just getting started
1: yes that's that, not an insult yeah
2: no it's that's saying it's you're not a bad confession it's a it's a we he's so big that's yes. how much is going on with him you know yeah that's how much is out there hey pastor Oscar good to see you hey yeah I was thinking some people need more anointing in the shower time than others. <laughs> they need I, some anointing to get that funk off.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking when they sing it in the shower, that ain't under the anointing. <laughs> At least it isn't for me.
2: Well, you know, how long has man been trying to solve these issues that right. are plaguing our country? Right. How long has man been trying to solve these issues and they're still not solved? In other words... You need the anointing. I need supernatural to help, and that means I've yeah. got to hear from heaven. But the question is, how many people are on their knees, not praying, uh, not not praying? Lord, empower. Hear the difference between these two statements. They're not praying, Lord, empower me to do what I'm doing. Right. They're not praying that. They're praying, Lord. Show me what to do and empower me to do what you show me
3: me to do
2: your will. Two totally different yeah. things. See, most of us have a bias. Most of us have a thought of what we should be doing, but it's not generated by the Holy Spirit. And so we're approaching it without doing what Jesus did. Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. And so we're trying to solve political issues. We're trying to solve race issues. We're trying to solve every other thing from the atmosphere and environment that we've been taught in. Mm-hmm. Instead of going to God and saying, Lord, give me a word, it's by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know, I started praying years ago and I said, Lord, on, on racial issues, show me help. I want, show me. I know you have wisdom. Yeah. I know you have wisdom on how to fix it. Please show me something that I can do. And he started showing me. He started opening up some different pieces of the word and some promises that were in the word. And immediately I saw how we had been missing some pieces. I immediately saw how the present day solutions that the majority of people, even the majority of the people in the church are trying to solve, I saw how they are never going to work. They're never going to work because of what he opened up to me. So it's not something, and I'm not prepared to share it all yet because I know that he's still showing me. And I'm not going to jump until he says jump, but I know he's still showing me. And I know that he's still uh, straightening out the road so that when he says run, it'll be smooth and straight and not filled with potholes. And we'll be able to do what we need to do. Well, that's what a lot of people are not doing. All they're doing is they're running with the... uh, You know, bullet points that they've been taught instead of a real relationship with God that has Holy Spirit wisdom and supernatural wisdom and revelation. And we have to give ourselves to those things and we have to hear from the Lord. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the life of God. Life to the full till it overflows has no racial issues in it. That's right. Life to the full till it overflows, has no racial issues in that fullness of life. So that life does not come by my logic. It comes by God's wisdom and logic. Mm -hmm. And I need to hear from him. Life to the full, till it overflows, has no racial issues in it. But it doesn't come by my word, it comes by His word. Yeah. And so we need to hear from Him and not just go with the same bullet points and talking points that we've heard all of our life growing up.
1: Well, and you know, I was thinking you said man shall, shall not live by bread alone. You know, and I have a feeling somebody's watching this and it's going, well, you don't know what I've seen. You don't know what I've experienced. And here's the thing. He said by bread alone. That's what you've seen. That's what you've tasted. It doesn't mean that what we've seen, that what we know, that what we've tasted isn't fact. It is. Racism is a fact of this world. On every facet, every race has racism for and against them. Hey, Sherry. Hey,
2: hey, Carissa Johnson. Good to see you. Hello,
1: hello. But what we've tasted and experienced is fact. The Word is truth.
2: That's right, yeah.
1: You shall not live by bread alone. Yes, there is bread there. Yes, you'll experience the bread of life. You'll experience the experiences and the facts of life. But when you take it and you submit it to God, God can break that bread and He can make it so much more than you know. We operate, so many of us operate by the bread that we've been given in life you know, experiences or family indoctrination or worldly indoctrination. But when we take that and we submit it to God, it's kind of like what Barrett was saying. You know, she wasted her first couple of votes of life because she voted based on worldly indoctrination. Well, then she submitted herself to the Word of God. And when she got the Word of God, it's, it's bread of the world and it's the Word of God they didn't match up. Yeah. It didn't it doesn't mean that the worldly facts weren't there. But the word of God will always trump. You don't look at the worldly bread. Yeah. You look at the word of God because yeah. it doesn't matter what kind of stuff you've experienced in life. And look, life sucks. It'll kick you in the teeth until you go to God. Yeah. But when you go to God... Because it's a
2: corrupted world. Yes, that's why. Yeah.
1: It's a corrupted world. And look, good people do bad things because there's areas of their flesh they haven't submitted yeah. to God. We're all learning. We're all growing. But when we take ourselves... You know, I think we're good people, but that doesn't mean that we know it all. Even in <clears throat> what God's shown us in this, you know, this, these racial issues... He's given us good, godly words of wisdom. Yeah. And as we apply them, it's like the headlights of a car. The further you go, the further you'll see. Yes. So you can't take, well, God told me this, and run on this one nugget that He gave you 35 years ago. That was just to get you started. You've got to submit yourself to God daily. Submit your wisdom, your knowledge daily. And daily he will continue to promote you and take you further and further and further so that you can minister his truth and break down the lies of the world. So we can't, you know, all that to say, we can't live our lives based on the bread that we've tasted. You know, we've got to take those things and submit them to the word and the will of God and trust that if it was, you know, bad bread, He'll make it better. He'll erase it as though it never happened in your lives. And you can say, well, I don't want it erased because that's a part of who I am. No, this is who you are. That's right. If this isn't the background that you're living upon. If this isn't your foundation, then it's a part of the lie and it's a part of the problem. You're called to be so much more than the color of your skin, than your DNA, than your last name, than your occupation. You're called to be everything the Word of God says about you, no less. And everything I just said is less.
2: Yeah. A child of God has an inheritance that is supernatural. And the help that we need in this world is supernatural. We need supernatural help. I've been trying to do it on my own before. It doesn't work. I need supernatural help, which means it's going back to the leadership principle that we were talking about before is we have to be ready and available. And a part of being ready is I'm not submitting myself To all of the things that I've heard before, I'm submitting myself to the things of God. I'm submitting myself to the Word of God. I'm submitting myself to Him. And when I do that, I expand my potential beyond all that I can ask or think. It goes beyond everything that I can ask or think or imagine, one translation says. That's in the Lord. What we've been doing many times is we, our thoughts and our solutions have been so low because we've not been making ourselves ready uh, according to the word. And you've heard me say it so many times is the, every time I think I'm thinking big, and you can apply this in every area of yeah. life, every time I think I'm thinking big, God says you're not thinking big enough. Well, imagine if okay. we applied that in our politics. Yes. We're not thinking big enough. We could have the most godly people in politics all the time. What if Christians started believing that all, not all politicians would actually be ungodly. Yeah. But you know, not all lawyers were bad. You know, what if they started believing and putting some faith, hey, I think we can get some truly spirit-filled godly people in some offices. Yeah. Well, then it would start to happen if Christians started believing that on that level. But right now they don't believe that that's ever going to happen. And so while the salt and the light is not applying faith to it, it's not going to happen. What if what if in racism? What if we actually started believing that it won't always be this right. way? We'll start believing, God, all things are possible with you. Yeah. And we start believing on another level. So now we're dipping into the supernatural supply and not just what we've been taught that it'll never change, it'll never fully be healed. Says who? God doesn't say that. That's right. He says that I want my will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no racism in heaven.
1: But he said it's our job to pray that. It's our, it's job, our to job to manifest it. to pray yes. the will yeah. of God. He said, pray this. Yeah. That was a command. You pray that the will of God would be done on earth as it is in heaven. The reason that we're not seeing the will of God done on earth is because the church doesn't know their God. Because if we truly knew the power of our God, if we truly knew the unlimited, that means without limits. That means as big as you can think, you're thinking too small unlimited potential of God. If we truly knew the unlimited potential of God, we would pray it. We would see it manifested because of our prayers. Because God is not going to tell you to pray something that won't come to pass. Which means there is a perfect will of God that He desires to be done on earth just like it is in heaven. It is the church's job to pull down heaven On earth, but the reason we don't do it is because we've not gotten in this word and gotten this word in our heart. We get this word and it's Lord, I see this. I see, I see your word, but God. Get your butt out of the way and just yeah. put God there. Yeah. If we would get in this word and receive it as a child, we would see so many things yeah. manifest, not overnight, today, in the now. We don't have to wait for night to fall yeah. and the morning to rise. We could say, be, yeah. and it is. Division be destroyed and it's destroyed every type of division be destroyed because of the power and authority that I possess you know don't knock yourself down you know we talk about so much of the world wants to be big and bad and wants to have this position and this promotion but the truth of the matter is we're all scared of the power and authority that we truly already have now or we don't know it because if we knew it and we truly wanted to walk in true power and authority you don't need worldly promotion six-figure income degrees on the wall pick up the word take it as the Word of God and apply it. It's a decision right now. Yeah, I decide the Word of God that I just read that says the things Jesus did, I will do and greater, I can do it. I'm going to go out on the lake right now and I'm going to walk on water. I'm going to walk to the boat with the man who has cancer in his lungs. I'm going to lay hands on him. I'm going to command the cancer to leave. It's going to leave. Then I'm going to tell his nets to be full and he's going to have a whole bunch of fish to celebrate his healing tonight. Why don't we do that?
2: Pastor Oscar said something. He said, even Jesus prayed, yet not my will, but yours be done. And so one of the things that we see is that the power... That Jesus operated in that we are called to operate in is because he did not set his eyes Mm -hmm. on the things that were already in the world. He set his eyes on things above and the father's will and the father's will only not only the father's will, but the father's potential. He set his eyes on the father's potential on the father's uh, actions on the father's words and not. Just his own, and so that's what made him powerful, and that's what will make his body powerful when we stop looking at solutions that man have come up with outside of God. I see so many times where people are trying to solve things, and we're not just talking about racism today. We're just talking about in general healing, deliverance, church. You know, so like I know, I know several years ago I faced. a a problem in the church. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do with this. Society's in such a place, I don't know what to do.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And watch this, but here's where humility comes in. And it took me a while to get to this place where I prayed this prayer, uh, not because I was unwilling to be humble, it's I didn't know what to pray, but I I started fasting and praying and seeking him. And I said, Lord, here's the issue. Here's this problem. I have no idea what to do with it. It was this is a big, big problem. I said, in the church. I said, but here's what I know. This problem didn't take you by surprise. You have an answer to it. So I'm asking you, please show me out of your wisdom, out of your wisdom, Father, how can I take your wisdom and apply it here on earth? And change earth Mm -hmm. to look like heaven, to change earth to look like fullness of life. Now, you can take any problem and put it in that blank. God Almighty, in his great love and wisdom, the depths and the riches of it, he has an answer to whatever problem you fill in the blank. He has an answer. He has an answer. But in order to get to that supernatural answer, I can't. Lean, say, all right, Lord, give me yours and then lean back on my worldly mm-hmm. wisdom. I've got to stay in his wisdom no matter how counterculture it may look, no matter how counter logic it may look. But in order to get his wisdom, I have to go back to, I have to go back to being unbiased. Watch this real quick. First thing, Psalms 1, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. See, part of the problem is we've attributed the wicked to only being the ones that we have identified as wicked. Hear that. We have attributed the wicked to only being the ones we've identified as wicked. But what if the wicked, 300 years ago, set a societal norm? And then that societal norm became accepted. And now some 300 years, we're living in what we call normal, and the whole world calls normal, even the people we wouldn't call wicked, but yet it's completely based on a societal norm wicked societal norm that was founded by a wicked person. So how do we figure that out and how do we root these pieces out? We've got to be willing to throw everything we know away and go back to the wisdom, the wisdom of the word. We've got to be willing to go back to this and say, Lord, what do you want to show me? What wisdom do you have? And I don't need, now watch this, I don't need a blend of where I've come from. I don't need a blend of where I've come from and what you're telling me. I need only what you tell me. It doesn't say that I'll live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God mixed with what culture says is okay. Hey, Ashley over on YouTube, good to see you. And so watch this, continuing in Psalms 1. How blessed is the man is the context, verse 2, that his delight is in the law of the Lord. Not the law of the Lord and what culture will accept. Who will delight in the law of the Lord and in his law, in the law of the Lord only, not the law and a mixture of what culture right. will accept or or what culture thinks is good or what everybody in the culture applauds. Who cares what culture applauds? I Look, I'm not going to stand in front of the culture and society when I'm judged. I'm going to stand in front of the one who wrote this book. I'm going to stand in front of the one who gave me the Holy Ghost. I'm blessed if I delight in the law of the Lord and I meditate in it day and night. Verse 3, I will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water which yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and in whatever he does, he prospers. You'll be blessed. But this is what a good leader does. A good leader understands that I must have the word of the Lord, the law of the Lord, only that anything else is going to be contaminated. Everything else is going to be contaminated. I've got to have the purity of his word. I must have the purity of his law. And then I've got to take it and meditate on it. I told you I prayed about uh, racism uh, years ago. It was was years ago I prayed about it. And uh, the Lord started talking to me about it. He started showing me some things. He started showing me how his word has a solution to heal it. His word has a solution to heal it. But I haven't talked and preached on it yet because I know he's still showing me some stuff. And I'm, don't, I'm not going to go out there half cocked. I know he'll give me a time when to let it fly and when it'll be anointed and it'll bring about change. Just like, just like Martin Luther King brought about change. Why? Because at the right time, he brought about the anointing yeah. of God. He was a great man. And, but he was anointed to bring that word at a specific time. And I'm not saying that I'm called to do what he's called to do. I'm just saying I understand the importance of an anointing and a timing. But here's the other part of it if I see, if I see that God has a solution, I, un- I need to understand from Psalms 1 the only part of that solution is his word only not a mixture of his word and blended with what society will accept or what culture will applaud. I don't need to... Now watch, here's what I'm getting to a point. Please follow me. I have to understand that all of my environment and all of my atmosphere that I've grown up in has carried with it a bias of what corrupted men have thought. And in order to get to the supernatural solutions of God, I've got to recognize what's God and what's not God and throw away what's not God. That means I've got to be completely unbiased on the law of the Lord only. And then I'll be blessed. Then I can help other people be blessed. Then I can help to solve things. But it's based in God only. Not the bullet points that I've heard all my life. Not the talking points that I've heard all my life. Not what the news says. Not what Fox News says. Not what CNN says. Not what MSNBC says. Who cares what they say? Right. Which one of them are living by the only the law of the Lord? None of them. So which one of them are going to be right. None of them. Because they're not going solely and wholeheartedly after him. All right, now. Now you go back to, look at this. So in order to be walking in true freedom, I have to be in true truth. And in order to be in true truth, I've got to yield myself to the heart of God. A true leader will yield myself to the heart of God and not yield myself to everything I may have grown up with, even things that I considered good. True truth goes completely unbiased. And here's what happens. Jeremiah 24, 7. I will give them a heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people. And I will be their God. For they will return to me with their whole heart. See, what we need today is we need a return to the Lord. If we return as a society truly into the presence of God, all of this, all of the problems go away. Now, if you don't believe that, that's the beginning of the issue. If you know that for a fact, I know that for a fact. If people could be in the presence of the Lord God Almighty through Jesus Christ, his son and our savior filled with the Holy Ghost, there will be no more problems. It will truly be heaven on earth. And this is what the Lord's coming back for. He's coming back for a glorious, glorious church, walking in the fullness of the stature of Christ. If we move into the presence of the Father, there's no more issues. But how does he tell us that we'll move into the presence of the Father? We move there with our whole heart. That means I've got to drop everything that I thought was important, that society's taught me was important, that our atmosphere and environment taught us was important, even things that it's taught it was good. And it, maybe it's good, maybe it's not. But I've got to go wholeheartedly, not into what they, the bullet points, not into the talking points, not into the worldly logic. I've got to go wholeheartedly into God. Jeremiah twenty nine verse eleven. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare or to fare well and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Hear this right now racism is a calamity. Bad politicians, according to the Bible, is a calamity. Yep. Watch this. God has none of those plans for you and for I. God has no plans. For calamity in your life. Jeremiah 29, 11. He has zero plans for you to ever be affected by any part of that. No plans for calamity. So he's going to tell us how to get to into those plans. How do we get into the plans where there's no racism, where there's no calamity, where there's no problem, where, there, where there's no uh, tragedy? How do we get there? He says, verse 12, then you will call upon me. And come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. This is God Almighty telling you and I, He'll listen to us. Verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Verse 14. I love this. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes. This This is the plan of God. He wants to even take what you've lost and completely restore it. But how do we get to that place? We search for Him with all of our heart. Now hear this. Here's the key. All of our heart means there's not a piece of our heart that's missing. All of our heart means that we drop bias as soon as we head towards Him. Dropping bias means I've got to throw away everything that I think I know. I've got to humbly approach God and enter in and say, Lord, show me, teach me, because I don't know what I think I know. I've been taught in a corrupted world. I I love and and watch, oh God, thank you, Lord. Watch Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. He says he gets, starts coming into the presence of God and immediately he recognizes in humility, he recognizes I am undone. I'm a dead man because I am, hear this, I'm coming from a land of unclean men who have unclean lips. And I, I'm, I'm a man who have spoken unclean things. And I live amongst a people who have spoken unclean things. In other words, Lord, I don't know what I think I know. We're saying stuff we don't even know. Even Job, when, listen, watch how Job was restored. What happened when to make Job be restored, he forgave his neighbors and he said this. He said, I didn't know what I was saying about you. I thought I knew about you. He said, I was saying things I didn't know. This humility is keyed into Chronicles where it says, if my people humble themselves and pray, Lord, we thought, we we've been on TV, we've been talking all these talking points, th- saying stuff we thought we knew. The person who comes into God and says, Lord, I don't know what I think I know. I live in a land of a corrupted people and I've been a corrupted people myself. Lord, please, I don't know. I'm a dead man. I know nothing compared to you. That person who seeks God with all of his heart in complete unbiasedness will find God and God will find them. And that person can do great and mighty things. This is the answer to every problem in society truly entering into the presence of the Lord. But we got to come and we got to drop everything we thought we knew. And you see the heart of God in Isaiah 6. As soon as Isaiah hits this place of humility, I'm a dead man. Because I live, I'm a corrupted man and I live amongst a people of corruption. We all think we knew something. But I recognize now just from a small touch of your presence. I I recognize now I'm a dead man in your presence. Because what I thought I know, I didn't know. As soon as he got to that place of humility, uh, God sent an angel. Said grab a fire off of the fire of my consuming fire. Grab a coal and touch His lips, the fire of God touched Isaiah and instantly in the next instant, he said, here I am, send me all of where he thought he didn't stack up. God can, through Jesus Christ, touch a people, touch a church, touch around the world, the body of Christ. And we can rise up. If we'll rise up in this humility, he can touch a people and the whole world can come aflame with the fire of God. This is the answer. Hallelujah. Lord, let us be those people. Father, let us be those people. Let us be the people of humility. Let us be the people who are after you. Let us be the people of your anointing. Let us be the people of your presence. Father, we don't know what we don't know. And what we think we know, we don't know. Lord, we're a corrupted people in the midst of a corrupted people. And and in your presence, without a humility, we are dead people. We are dead men, like the Pharisees. Graves full of dead men's bones, whitewashed, acting like we're clean. Lord, we are dead men without you. We need your presence and we humble ourselves in your presence. We humble ourselves in your presence, Lord, to be who you've called us to be. Lord, the things that I think I've known growing up and I've had people teach me. I've had, I've had black people teach me. I've had white people teach me. I've had people teach me all kinds of things. The things I think I know, Lord, I take them right now and I throw them away. I throw them away so that I might hear just a breath of your heart and your heavenly wisdom. Because we need supernatural help. Thank you, Father, that when we search you with all of our heart, you'll be found and you will find us and we'll be able to change the world. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your plan. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. In your mercy. Lord I just pray that everybody that's hearing this. That inside their heart. They'll capture. Your heart Lord. And be. Who you've called us to be. Thank you Father for your goodness. Thank you Lord. Let us be. Light givers. Let us be preserving factors. Let us be solution bringers into this world that needs you so dearly. Father, thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your anointing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for helping us to see the humility to step into it. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. Thank you, Lord, for moving in hearts right now. Thank you, Lord, for bringing hearts around. Thank you for your anointing, your presence that's falling on people right now to be the solutions that we need to be. Lord, we just receive it. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory. Help us be the leaders that you've called us to be. In the name of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, and your anointed one, the one who's anointed to break every yoke of bondage. Thank you, Father. May all these things be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen amen if you'd like to give you can give and sow into the good news of jesus christ going out here with what's right and just facebook you can type in hashtag donate and the amount thank you we just pray over the ones that have already been given thank you lord we receive those on but in your name and for your gospel's sake and father now in jesus name let it be multiplied back to them whether you're on Facebook or anywhere else, you can go, anybody can go to givebc.org. They can sew. The broadcast is always free to whoever wants to hear it and listen to it and grow by it. Uh, but we know that God puts it on people's hearts to partner with us and be a part of what's the good news that's going out. If you'd like to do that, we make it easy for you and we love you. We love you. We love you. And we're excited to see what God does through you and to you and in your lives. And we pray for you and lift you up. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We'll see you next week at lunch plus at noon. And I'm glad you were here today. I love you. I love you, too. We love you. Have a great week. Thank you, Kevin, for sowing that. Have a great, great week. Great weekend. And we'll see you Monday at noon.
3: Bye-bye.